Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Every Sunday on the Independent Film Channel, they're a rock band by night and a kids band by day. It's Z-Rock, an all-new episode. You're supposed to be our lead singer. Lead us. I can't lead morons. Is there any chance instead of opening up for Kiss tonight, we're opening up for Mini Kiss? Z-Rock, the show critics call a great A treat, returns. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Don't miss an all-new episode of the IFC original hit comedy, Z-Rock, every Sunday night at 11, 10 Central. The rock gods are smiling on us. Only on IFC. I feel alive. The best hard rock, the best heavy metal, Talking Metal, a podcast hosted by Mark Striegel and John Astronomy, available through iTunes and most other podcast providers. Feel the power, feel the glory, TalkingMetal.com. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal podcast. On the show today, my good friend Opus. I've uh, been friends with this guy for a long time, and this is his second appearance on the Talking Metal podcast. I really honestly believe what I say in the interview with Opus, uh, in that this guy was was really part of the New England uh, metalcore movement from in its uh, inception, if you will, and and one of the guys who really planted the seed. I mean, not. You know, obviously there, there it was a movement and there were a lot of people involved. But again, I've spoken with uh, the guys in Killswitch Engage, especially Howard, who has confirmed that G-Soul was a big part of, you know, their who they were listening to back in the day when they were getting their bands going. A matter of fact, I have a little clip right here. Now, we're going to play it. It's a little messy audio-wise, but... If you listen, you can kind of hear Howard and myself. This is Howard from Killswitch Engage having a conversation about Opus's old band, Gargantuan Soul. Check it out. Thank you guys. 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 I'll be good. Take this for later, man. I'm legit, yeah. Afraid to eat too much beforehand. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> I do not eat. How's your cob? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying it now. It's going to be getting good. But... Yeah, I think there's nothing like when like roast it. I'll just warn yeah, so, I can probably so do it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. You want to try it? Oh, no, thanks. 
Carney, I saw that thing. I actually really haven't felt well all day today. Yeah, I knew those G-Soul guys from way back. Dude, Opus so is, a, funny. is a friend of mine. You know, it's interesting. I'm just going to pretend I'm not looking up. But even like you guys. Or you do what you need to do. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's like, Please I, don't hurry. Actually, I really did like some of that stuff. I'm kind of thinking the whole body paint thing. Yeah, that'll determine what I do. It's time for you to yeah. drink it. <laughs> yeah. well, no, no. You know, they had a couple of... Like, like, really you know, I think it's cool that oh, you guys... Yeah. I, I like that. No. Actually, I think no. I have... I want to look how delicious it looks. Yeah, no. Can we do a Taco Bell Toast Rye? Yeah, the drive was great. Oh, my God. Let's see, how high. Yeah, I remember those ones. Very nice. Cheers. Cheers, cats. Thanks. Hey, 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 hey. I think I, oh, that's a plastic cup. I'm sorry. Oh, Summer of My Discontent. Oh, very good. I remember that song, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sweet. Perfect. I'm not I wonder sure. if I could just put that plate in there. Yeah, I got to be just careful about how much plate. I drink before I go on stage, just because of my back. Because I got into this habit of when I was in a lot of pain, I would just drink so much just to kind of kill the pain. I'm trying to think of his name. The one guy went into Oh, my God, yeah. I had two backs. Yeah, he still is. Yes, please. Uh, tremendous, like, yep, Jason Bosch. Thank you. Like, he was me, yeah, he, and and he, uh, he emails it. Yeah, actually, I wouldn't want to wrap this up. I emailed him once, you never uh, Well, he probably didn't like it. You didn't know. My problem is that I can't play. That's okay. But yeah, nice guy. I just I can't play sober. I can't play sober. I just can't play, period. Opus invited me and my band played in Connecticut at. Festival. Anyway, I can get like lids oh, for this. Hey, Adam. Uh, I mean, I may as well take them. Adam, I remember so when you got a room of service yeah. in there with you guys. Yeah, I yeah. Well, there's another one down there. If you yeah, we just okay. found out um, about Connecticut. It doesn't matter. The tune-in just burned. I mean, if down, I can like, get lids all the really day before yesterday. yesterday. Do you remember that club? I, in, I've never been there, but I remember the name. New Haven. Which one? It was in New Haven. We played there a few times. Anybody? Oh, I'm not even there. Yeah, I didn't even. I didn't even physically touch it. Yeah, sure. Um, you guys got an extra two box down there? It's on the corner of the street. Oh, shit. I'm thinking oh, to-go oh, boxes yeah. there. Oh, oh, yeah. All I can think of in Connecticut is we may have Sports Palace. Nice. Oh. Thanks, brother. Hanover House. Thanks, the LNG. We never played there because actually the funny thing was the last Overcast show was the last hardcore show ever there. Really? Because dudes stalked the owner and beat him up so badly that he said he would never have another hardcore show. Wow. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You remember that? Yeah, they yeah, followed him down an alley that. and beat him up with a sock full of nickels yeah, or something. Yeah, he got punished. But he what, deserved what a sock full of nickels. Uh, the tune in in New Haven. <laughs> Didn't I describe JFO's fart as that one? <laughs> that guy deserved it. I said, my your way. fart is like a dagger, whereas his fart is like a sock full he of nickels. Like the name of the club he played in, in that was the clip there, and you can kind of hear us talking about Gargantuan Soul, G-Soul, as they were known, Opus's old band, and uh, Howard even has some of their music on his iPod. You could hear him mention there. What happened with Killswitch is when we showed up for the interview in Long Beach, California, before the camera started rolling, I started talking to Howard a little bit about um, you know where they're from, and and then I told him I, I knew Opus, uh, formerly of G-Soul, and he immediately knew who that was and was excited, and we kind of chatted about G-Soul. Uh, and then after we were kind of wrapping up the interview, if you saw the interview on Fuse, uh, the little bits of it that they used, we were having Mexican food at this Mexican restaurant in Long Beach before Killswitch played their show out there. 
And as the the interview was wrapping up, with the cameras still rolling, we uh, Howard and I started talking about uh, Gargantuan Soul and Opus again. And that's what you hear there. Now, the, the thing is, I personally don't have splits. So when I say splits, I mean audio splits of this, which is why it is such a mess. If I had the splits, I would have been able to isolate things and you would have just heard Howard and I talking about it since we were all mic'd separately. But I didn't have that, which is why it's a little messy there. But you get the drift. Gargantuan Soul, Opus's old band, was very influential on the New England metal core movement, if you will. But we're going to talk about his new band, Dead by Wednesday, in today's interview, as well as his old band. And Dead by Wednesday is rocking. We're going to end today's show with some of their new music and what else? Let's right now, how about get into a little gargantuan soul. And before we do that, just a reminder, go to TalkingMetal.com. Do me a favor. Go up to that Z-Rock, Z-O-2, IFC link. Click through it. They're tracking how many visitors we bring the IFC site. And uh, it would be great if you guys could do that for me as a personal favor. I know you hate it when I go into that, this type of stuff about, uh, you know, plugging our sponsors and stuff, but um, sorry, it's just part of Talking Metal, which you've probably realized already at this point. Anyways, let's get into some gargantuan soul right now on Talking Metal, then into the interview John and I conducted with Opus, ending today's show with some Dead by Wednesday. We will have Opus's band linked Dead by Wednesday, that is, through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. So check that out.
Thanks for joining us. Are you kidding me? And we are psyched to have you here. We had you call in once, but there's nothing like having you here in person. So uh, it's okay. And that was a great interview. When you called in, man, it was a blast hearing some of the stories and, you know, very passionate stuff. I got a lot of stories for you today. I got a story for you about me coming here. I lost 80 bucks from a ta- from a, from a guy who drove me in the back of this, like, bike little carriage thing. Oh, right. He robbed yeah. me, man. So what actually happened? It's insane. I, I put... 40 bucks. The guy goes, okay, I'm like, I'm in New York. I don't want to, it's like, it's like traffic time. I don't want to spend a lot of money on taxis. I'm just going to pick this, this guy right here has a bike with a carriage in the back of it. I'm going to get a nice friendly ride in, in the sun and, and roll up a doobie on the way to the show. So I'm like, Hey, what, how, how much does it cost to, to go, go to this place here and I show him the address and everything. He's like, uh, I'll do it for 50 bucks. I said, what? 50 bucks. I took a night off from my open mic work to, to come because I wanted to be here in person. So I'm like, I want to spend a little money. So I gave him, I, I'm like, all right, 40 bucks. And, and I'll do it. And he said, okay, no problem. So I put 40 bucks in my sweatband just to make sure that I had it ready to go. He drove me to, to, to where I had to be. And somehow between, I don't know how he did it, between, and I know I didn't lose it, between the stop and where I had to go, he somehow took my money out, out of my sweatband. He, he, he pickpocketed oh, me. That is insane. It was amazing. I'm sorry to he technically pickbanded you. He's yeah. ama- it was amazing. He said it was from Morocco. I, I have no idea how he did it, but he did it. Where did you get it? Where did you get in at in the carriage? Grand Central. I got in the car, and they call it the petty car. I don't know what yeah, that means. Yeah, I've seen but, those things. Yeah, and I, I was thought like, they were cheaper than cabs. I was excited. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be relaxed. I'm going to be in the back of this thing. I'm going to go to you know take a nice ride. And somehow he he stole my money. I am so sorry, dude. Yeah, I'm what sorry a, about what that, man. Oh, it's all right. up thing, man. <laughs> and I took the night off of work to come. It's okay. Ah, yeah. Well, so this <laughs> thank this, you for uh, this appearance is actually costing you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Don't Pay forget to eat oh. pizza, and there, there's a refrigerator there. Whatever you need, man. No, Just make the most of it. Money's right? nothing. Comes in and comes Take out. Take the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Take the refrigerator. If you see some gear, you know, just grab it. You know, whatever you need. It's like food and poop. It comes in and comes out. Whatever. I hear you, Opus. You have such an amazing history going all the way back to G Soul and, and but we want to start off talking about the stuff that's happening now. Dead by Wednesday, the yeah. new album is out. How long has that been out now? Uh, it's been out. It came out in uh, I want to say October, October of two thousand eight, and it, uh, we got picked up by a label called Eclipse Records, which is run by Chris Poland. The uh, uh, they also broke bands like Mushroom Head and Bobo Flex and Scum of the Earth. Some of them are, you know, I'm not. Chris like Poland's a, been here before. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah he mentioned that uh, that he was here with uh, Riggs from right. Scum of the Earth. And so, you know, they had a great record. He's a really honest guy. And uh, he came to us. We had a few other people that, that were opting for it. We, we talked to Megaforce. We talked to Suburban Noise. They loved the album, but they weren't sure about the money aspect of it and all the BS, the business aspect of it. And Chris came to us with a really good uh, offer. And I known him from the past, from Gargantua Soul days. He actually offered a deal back then and we in hindsight we should have taken it but um so i just said it's better than nowadays with all this the way the you know the whole music business is and how it's i don't want to say nicely failing almost right uh, no, the industry yeah um to have someone actually offer to help you and promote your music and and even though you know it wasn't like this two million dollar deal we said I felt, and my bass player felt, and all of us as a band felt that it was a good way to get the music out and just get people to hear what we're about and just, you know, be a band, you know, and that's really what it's all about, isn't it, in the end, is being Correct. happy and playing music, really, you know, so that's that's how it came about pretty much. 
Cool. And it's not the same Chris Poland who used to play guitar in Megadeth. Different guy. You know, <laughs> you know, people always ask me that, and I and I tell them, I tell them uh, that I never asked the guy if it was. If you know, tell me because I don't want to. I'm not going to ask right. him. No, it's right? a, it's it is a different Chris Poland. <laughs> you know what I mean? So classic. So let's talk about the lineup for Dead by Wednesday. Now there is an actual G Soul connection there, isn't there? Besides you. There, well, there is, or well, there was. Um, Pat Garcia was the original guitar player for Gargantua Soul. He started Dead by Wednesday with me. But, but he's he's replaced by Ross now. Is that well, what right? happened was he and then literally married a groupie and had a kid. Oh, okay. so right when oh, I hate to say it out loud, I was not listening. Right, yeah. But right, right when uh, things started getting good and we're yeah. torn a lot, um, I think she clamped down. I was like, "You ain't going nowhere, boy." You know what I'm saying? Like, and just kind of made him. Oh, man, oh. yeah. Uh, but hey, whatever. He's happy as long as he's happy. He's got he got two yep. little kids that he you know he loves now and still was, on good terms with you and stuff. Oh, uh, we honestly like this band. This is really weird about this band. I mean, I, I could talk a lot about G Soul. G Soul were great guys. I love all those guys. But there was a lot of like when you're when you're at so close to scratching the surface of like success and you're almost making it, you probably know too in, in a lot of different ways, especially with a TV show and all stuff. A lot of BS and a lot of red tape and politics come flying your way, and right. then all of a sudden you find out the true colors of every person and what they're about and and who they are and and you know when you start talking about money and so on and so forth, and it just basically the industry ripped us from the inside out. I, I say that because it's like. All right. If you do this, if you don't do this, if you do this, we'll we'll uh, you know we'll sign you or we'll make, we'll give you this amount of money. And then you start double, you start second guessing yourself, and you start wondering, okay, well maybe I should do this, and I'll be huge and famous. So let's do it this way. And then you start losing the focus of what made you big in the first place, and staying true to what you were and your roots and everything. So it was a really tough situation. But Dead by Wednesday, like you said, to get back to the to the to the uh, focused question here, um, the roots are. The original guitar player, Pat Garcia, um, started the band with me, and then he left. And now Ross Ragusa, who played in a Metallica tribute band called Alcoholica with me, um, was repl- you know took over as the one guitar player. And now it's basically set up like a, re- like a real rock band where it's one guitar player, one bass player, drums, and two vocalists that don't that don't play an instrument. Well, that's cool. Two vocalists. Yeah. But the core of the band is like a, you know, like a van, like a Pantera or Van Halen style where when the guitar player is rocking out, the bass player who's badass right. holds it down. Holding it down He's with it, you, with me. like you guys, right? And, and I honestly wouldn't do it with anyone else. Like how I feel about the band right now is if one of those guys, either the guitar player or the bass player, and the singer is, you know, one of them is my cousin. But you know, nowadays with the metal, like screaming and stuff, not to not to say that they don't do it well. And plus, we do different stuff with the other vocalist. He does a different style, but. He like without either guitar player or bass player, I would either change not be change the name of the band or just not do it anymore because that's how strongly I feel about wow. the guys I play with. That's really good though that you found two guys that you feel that strongly about because that's one of the hardest things now is is to is to find people and plus like you said about like what happened with G Soul is it, it, like you know bands start to get some success and then unfortunately people's personalities change and then what what is even worse and I'm sure you've experienced this too is that when you get some success then other friends you have problems with them because of that and it's really hard but you wind up losing friends that you normally wouldn't have lost had you not succeeded in some way you know losing friends and gaining new ones that aren't really your friends right I mean like I, I say this to this day like you know a lot of times you know 
and where we, where our, our band, Dead by Wednesday, stems from is Connecticut. Connecticut is based off of, and Mark knows, a lot of hardcore. Like hardcore is huge, basically stems from the area, and uh, well, originally New York, obviously. But I mean, with with the whole movement of hate breed and a lot of the bands that came from New Haven, um, hardcore is big, and they had this whole brotherhood, you know, type of idea behind it. But I, I mean, personally, I feel like it's it's getting lost because what punk and hardcore and metal, you know, really came from the beginning came the whole idea upon was like the underground and and you know not trendy stuff and now it seems like not kids necessarily but the people that classify themselves as like hardcore they only go out to the trendy shows the big shows like when hate replays they come out and not to say they don't come out to see me i'm not like crying about that people come to see our band i'm saying for other bands i see it with hardcore bands like no there's no support there's no there's no like brotherhood there's no representing anymore it's very um you know only like almost like now they're just going to trendy shows so they right. everything that's based upon is gone i totally understand what you're saying because what what started the hardcore movement was the brotherhood was right. the underground scene and for the it's almost like the the not the bands like like because you know hate breed is a great band but the the fans that are showing up at these trendy shows are like fake hardcore fans in right, my opinion right they're like they're like uh, like like I just went to one recently and I was like it just seemed like it was people that like I don't want to say me heads because I don't want to like tell people like uh, I mean I, everyone I, I love everyone don't get me wrong I'm a nice guy but like they're just like going in there and just trying to beat people up in the pit or something and they're not really there for the music and they're drunk off their ass and you know I, I, I drink myself but you know be able to hold on to what you know be there for for the music and not just you know like this like mentality of like I'm just going to go there and beat the hell out of people and kick people in the face and and that's what I'm calling you know must my night I'm having fun cool. <laughs> you know it's like well, uh, no. well, we're gonna we're gonna get back to Dead by Wednesday and play some uh, some music off the Killing Project, which is the latest record in a bit. But I want to go back a ways, uh, like maybe like twelve years ago. Whoa! Uh, in the New England, Connecticut area, at that time, what bands or band should I say was taking heavy metal big courses along with like hardcore verses and kind of mixing them together can you name maybe one band that was doing that back in that day are you talking before g-soul no i'm talking about g-soul oh, okay I mean, yeah, to me you guys were like the first band doing that i mean well, kinda, i mean yeah. and, and now Thank it's you. like you you look at all these i mean kill switch engage shadows fall all these bands every time i would Five hear these guys yeah i would think wow this is definitely coming from that seed that that you I really, really appreciate you back saying that. in that in that you know in that time frame, and uh, you know it, it, as a as a friend and a fan of what you've done, it, a lot of times it, it, it is kind of a bummer that we don't hear a lot of these guys in, in public actually you know mention that that in a way you guys. You know, even though you never got nearly as successful as Kill Switch or Shadows Fall, you guys definitely opened the door and planted the seed for a lot of these bands. Well, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for even mentioning that. No, I'm not just kissing ass. No, either. you're not. I, I, I know you're not. You're my friend. That. Yeah, but, no, I sincerely believe that. But, I'm, but I, I sincerely, like, almost can't take that. Um, I feel like I'm almost not embarrassed, but, like, I'm just, like, very, like, um, I'm amazed by you saying that. You know, Howard was a friend, a fan of G Soul. 
Yeah, um, and I asked him that, and he, you know, uh, he spoke about you guys. And that's and, and, yeah. we, and it would be great if more people would. Like, for example, Josta. Right. I mean, not for nothing. I mean, he was um, when you know he was doing great for himself. But when we were on Farm Club USA Network, mm-hmm. I was wearing a Hapri jacket. No one knew who the hell Hapri was. Right. I was sitting in Universal Records with Avery Lippman and Sinji, the top A and R guy and the head of the label talking about G soul and they turn and ask me, Hey, what do you think about that band? Hate breed, right? <laughs> you know, in hindsight, I should have said they suck. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, I was like raved about them. Cause I, I honestly, one of my favorite albums is, um, satisfaction is a death of desire, which is their first, not first album. Cause they had you know, under the knife and EPs and takes before that. But the first album on victory records from hate breed, which is a Connecticut based band also was that album. And that's one of my favorite albums along with like master of puppets and you know like uh uh diary of a madman so i mean i'm not kissing his butt either it's just right. that's just the album like after that personally i'm not really a big fan of the other albums mm-hmm. that one album for me you know is did it for me so uh, i was wearing the, uh, the jacket on the tv and i was representing i gave you know singy thumbs up i'm like hell yeah you know the, the band kicks butt. Jamie works hard. You know, who knows? I might have been like that extra push to push it, it o- push the right. deal over the top. But at the same time, I'm not sore about it. I mean, hey, times are changing. Music changes. We were a rap rock band. Right. Rap rock was going out. You know, we even though we had the choruses and the hardcore verses, we also incorporated rap and we did a lot of like like the song drive and stuff like that. Yeah. And and hardcore movement was coming re, re, reemerging. So it was just timing, and you know who knows. I don't care. I'm happy with what I'm doing now, and that's why I created Dead by Wednesday. It's more of a middle finger to the entire industry. When it started, it was rap metal. Yeah. Like taking thrash metal and throwing two MCs in there and screaming. And and saying let's do something different that no one's ever heard, and not care about what people think in the industry because that's that's where the whole idea democracy is dead. It wasn't a political statement. Mm-hmm. It was like democracy democracy amongst all of us is gone, and this is my focus. This is my idea. And then my cousin, being this, the vocalist, the singer, who's actually a very intellectual, straight edge type of kid, um, took it and started talking about you know at the time Bush was in the power, and you started talking about all that stuff. Right. So that's pretty much how you know he turned it into that idea, and that's from there the band's kind of you know developed and turned into what it is now. That was actually one of my questions. Is Dead by Wednesday still able to get uh, as angry as they did when Bush was president? <laughs> well, I mean, it's more so not angry at the government, but just, I mean, I mean, I think a lot more people are walking around every day angry and pissed off right. because they don't have their jobs. People are broke and they don't have any money. They can't go out and have fun. You know, you know, it's like it's like uh, The Shining after if you're just in in the house, you know, working and not doing anything else and not making any money, you're going to kill people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like, you know, all work no play makes whoever a, a pissed off boy, you know right. what I mean? And so it's like I, I mean, I think a lot of people are just pissed in general with the way the economy is and the way the whole system is running. So I mean, yeah, we're still pissed and we're, you know, I'm pissed, I'm always pissed. Right. <laughs> Good. Hey, I got a question. I know we're going to get into some music, but before we do, 
where do bands play now? Like, where where can I see good shows in the New York, New England area? Good it, question. Yeah, it's, <laughs> no, it's really playing. hard. I, that's why I'm asking you. Like, well, the one place that I always love, and and they should pay me for saying this right now, <laughs> is in my hometown, Toad's Place. Okay, it's, cool. They say where the legends play, but it's true. The Rolling Stones play there. And they have a list of bands, everyone from like Fishbone to like, you know, Corn to. I have a videotape of. Paul Stanley solo yep, tour from exactly. Toad's Place. And yep. it, that's in New Haven, right? Yeah, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, you name cool. it. G-Soul. <laughs> Dead by Wednesday's playing there in two weeks. We're actually playing June 12th. Very uh, cool. You know, I don't know if, that, if, if even saying it matters. Oh, actually, it is live, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And no you doubt. have the Opus, That's June 12th at Toad's Place. Right, Bud Friendly. <laughs> Bud Friendly was getting Bud Friendly with me in the bathroom earlier. Oh, oh no. <laughs> just so you know. Just so you know. That's why you the can't... interview started rough in the beginning. Ah. <laughs> Opus Palooza. Where'd you come up with that name? <laughs> well, I mean, I do the birthday bash every year, and it's really, right. su- really successful. I mean, cool. it's ridiculous. It's become this, like, thing. And uh, Toads actually called me and said, hey, do you want to do a date? Um, you know, when when school lets out and during the summertime, we need the help with the extra, uh, you know, with that. we have a Friday night open. So, I you know, I figured I would throw a bill together and get all, unlike a lot of people, get all local bands that, you know, been asking me to play and not bugging me, but pretty much like, you know, I want to take care of everybody in one shot. So I put this together, this big fest. I got clowns booked. I got small people coming and, and they're getting suspended by uh, hooks Yo. during a band called Nassau Chainsaw from Brook- Brooklyn. They're they're playing and uh, a bunch of bands are coming and we're going to have like a makeshift Lollapalooza, but under my name, Opus Palooza. Cool. And just uh, with like have, flesh hooks through their skin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. we, we suspend. Wow. We suspend. The proper, the unproper word is midgets, but we suspend right. midgets, and uh, and we have clowns, and then we have the you know all the bands playing, and we have a Rage Against the Machine tribute band. Cool. Um, they're really good from Massachusetts, and it's going to be a really good night. And Dead by Wednesday's playing. Excellent. And uh, yeah, so you know what the cool thing about Connecticut is you got New Yorkers can come up there, and you got people from Mass that can come down, and yep. it's it's really neat. It, uh, I kind of wish I lived in Connecticut as opposed to where I live currently. But cool. Well, listen, let's get into a well, little music. I know, you're right. I said <laughs> it's the, that's easy, the easy, easy way out yeah. of that situation. We're going to hit the title track off of the Dead by Wednesday record, The Killing Project, and then we're going to come back, and uh, if you don't mind hanging out, Opus, we'd I love to come out. back and talk some metal with you. Let's keep talking. Cool. Let's I check can talk. I could talk. We'll be back in about three minutes. This is The Killing Project by Dead by Wednesday.
And we're back on Talking Metal Live with your hosts, Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening and tuning in to Talking Metal Live. We are here with our good friend Opus from Dead by Wednesday, and uh, we just got some cool VIP Is that passes. a Coke Zero in a wine glass? No, no, no. That's There's a Coke Zero next to a wine glass. That is actually a spotten beer in a wine glass. So. Nice, nice stuff. Yeah. But we're going to talk some metal with Opus, who is here from Connecticut, hanging out in Times Square in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what's what, what's happening up there? You guys, let's get back to Dead by Wednesday. You guys are staying busy. A lot of high-profile stuff going on. Corn, you guys opened for recently, right? Yep. We just did a show in New Hampshire at the Meadowbrook uh, Pavilion Center with Corn. Uh, Burn Halo dropped off the show, but we ended up like um, pretty much headlining the second stage. Along with uh, some pretty good bands, Diecast played. They they were awesome, and um, some other. Uh, Mark's band played for the state. Oh, okay. Um, and um, and it was funny because G Soul used to do really good out in New Hampshire. So both of us always get asked to do stuff whenever, whenever things come up, which is really cool. You know, still have that kind of you know stuff that momentum going on, but. Um, and how is Mark? <clears throat> Mark's doing good, man. He has Didn't he little, have a kid or something? Or? He had a kid. He's doing. He has a little recording studio where we actually just shot the video at our RVP Studios, and uh, he's staying busy with his band. You know, they they um, they're I think they just released an album. They're doing it independent style. You know, right. what I mean, they 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 want to do it that way, which is cool. Everyone's staying busy from the old band. You know, Chris is playing. Chris Keys. What's he up to? Uh, he's doing something. Oh God, what the hell's the name of the band? Oh, he's gonna kill me. Oh crap! <laughs> I don't know the name of the band. I, I used to, I know it was called Saving Echo, right. but it's something else now. Um, but yeah, I'm anyway, sure we could find out. Yeah, quick Google. But uh, yeah, the corn show was amazing. I got to be honest with you. 
we played this we chose to play the second stage we had offered the main stage but the main stage was this big pavilion and if we played on the main stage it would have been like three o'clock in the afternoon where most people don't even come to those type of shows till like you know four five six seven o'clock at night and uh what the way the band is dead as far as dead by wednesday the way we our style is now uh we kind of traded in uh, traded in our main stage slot for the uh a 6 30 or 7 o'clock slot it was 7 30 i think on the second stage and it's like a tent near the beer tent and it's like with the people, people were going crazy yeah. over there right yeah it was with the people and and no bs um when as soon as we hit our first note i saw like shoes flying in the air <laughs> like cd promo cds that we were throwing out um like all this like dust and it was like you know old chicken fight it was hilarious it was pretty violent though it got it got crazy wow and um but we ended up uh selling you know tons of merch that day it was really successful for us and it got the word out to like the whole northeast because people came from all over for a show like that big you know it's a seven thousand capacity venue i think we played like you know there was like maybe 3,500 people in the in the area when we were performing which was really that's great pretty dope you know so yeah that's pretty cool but it's one show. You come back the next day, and you're, you know, you're in your apartment, going, "Okay, what do I do now? Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? Okay, just put on a porno and jerk off." <laughs> Classic. Yeah. That's what Johnny O is doing right now. I, that's why I'm not talking much right now. I'm doing that. Hey, what's the radio station in New Haven? Because I think I've been up there. Uh, in New Haven is 99 Rock WPLR. Okay, I, I've been to their studio, I think, once. Yeah, I um, performed a couple times up there in, like, uh, early 90s. Right, they do, like, acoustic stuff? Yeah, or, now they right. stopped doing it, though. Oh, wow. Like every other radio station, they got gay. Jeez. How about the New Haven Civic Center? Is that still there? Nope. They knocked it down and put a big I, parking lot there. I cannot believe it. It's, but I got to play there once. Before, that was my that dream. That is killer. Wow. That was my dream before before I knocked it down. I opened for Rage Against the Machine, man. That is great. With, with, with G-Soul. Yeah, G-Soul. Yep. Wow, very that, cool. That was crazy. The lights were still on. People were coming in the door, and we were rocking out to, to like a half half packed hey Coliseum. but just the fact that you're playing an arena yeah. in your hometown i mean oh, that's it was like sick. like my dream is to play the civic arena which they're gonna which actually is where the pittsburgh penguins are playing the detroit red rings right now the stanley cup finals it's 2-2 and i hope nice. the penguins pull this one out so they, they better i want to see some fights that's my favorite arena guys i've seen kiss and i've seen so many great bands at that arena Cool. Kiss, we love Kiss. We just that's had what, a long conversation about Kiss earlier. That's one of the things me and Mark, like when we first met, like kind of connected on was was Kiss. Wow, very yeah. cool. Because our, our the G Soul band was very like that theatrical. theatrical right? Yeah, right, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, I remember seeing G Soul. So many, so many. Clubs. I remember G Soul from Mark only, telling me about G Soul back in the day. Yeah, not only in New York City, but of course up in uh, Connecticut and uh, even Las Vegas. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I remember that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what what were you doing out there when they were playing? Yeah, my friend Derek Sivers had oh, flown yep. me out there. CD to, Baby. Yeah, right. I, I I actually I worked for CD Baby for like six days. He he, I was freelance, you know, in in New York City, so I could take off work easy. He flew me out there and put me up. Uh, didn't pay me anything, but I got to run <laughs> around out. and party with guys like Opus. So it was all <laughs> worth it. But, That's great. Yeah, um, that was crazy. Yeah, he, he he put me up out there, and I worked the CD Baby table at. Um, oh, cool. Edom and kissing Edom, booth. It was called Edom Festival. And the kissing yeah. booth. Yeah. Was and, that the uh, time you saw Amen? 
Yeah, I saw I saw yeah. Amen out there, uh, G Soul, of course. I, I I remember the club you guys played. It was across the street from the Rio. Pinkies, Pinkies. You got wow. a good memory, man. Hell yeah! Well, it's a short term memory loss, but certain yeah. things stick with me, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pinkies. Yeah, that was a, that was a great show, and uh, it was a lot of fun out there. But... A lot of lot of pool tables. How, that's right. How, how did you guys? Uh, how did you guys back in that day, and even today with Dead by Wednesday? Because you guys play, uh, you know, in a lot of different places. How yeah. do you? With, being on a on a smaller budget, how do you make it to places like Las Vegas and do a show there? I mean, because you, obviously you aren't a uh, hope and a prayer. Yeah, no, no. I mean, honestly, it's like uh, you have to plan a way ahead as far as like either either sponsors or um, you know it, use some of the money you made from merch or other shows and save up for it and use you know you, you use it almost like to promo yourself. Right. Use the money you made from shows to promote yourself. Or, you know, you hustle. You know, you go on the street, you sell some crack, whatever you got to do, man. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So would Pip you say hose, you know, most of the money that you make doing this type of stuff go- ends up going back into the band? Um, I don't know where it goes, honestly. I, right. I mean, like, a lot of money comes in. Uh, a lot of money goes out, yeah. <laughs> mostly goes out. Yeah. You know what Do I mean? you guys have to have like business managers in there handling it, that stuff? We, we or probably what? we probably should. Right. <laughs> you know, right now you're looking at them. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're looking at the business. <laughs> you know? yeah. So that's you know. how everybody's doing it now. I mean, like, you know, most bands don't even have like labels, even yeah. even big major groups. Like, that's why like I said I feel very I, f- I feel very blessed and lucky that I have someone who is somewhat organized and and honest. And you know, and and uh, you know, good have, has a good personality and and um, has a good you know karma around him. Chris is a Poland from Eclipse is a great guy, right? And um, so you know, I almost like the fact that he's too honest. Like he'll go over something, mull over, he'll mull over something like ten times if he doesn't feel that it's right for us or for him or something. And you know, sometimes it could be a little overboard, like a little OCD or ADD or whatever. But um, but I think it's a good thing to have any kind of help nowadays and any kind of someone who wants to invest or promote or advertise you or your music, you, ha- you have to feel lucky, you know, because it's hard. Yeah, no doubt. You know? Like to find somebody that's going to get behind you and work hard for you is, is a tough thing and it you, you sounds like you got a good guy. Now, me being a drummer, Opus, I want to talk some drums sure. with you. Sure, love drums. What do you play? What kind of kit? Well, first of all, I would bang my drums if I could. Very cool. But, but I can't, so we'll leave that alone. Uh, but I, I, right now I play an RCI, a Romano Catano International acrylic um, black and white spiraled John Bottom style drum Wow, set. like, a, like a, almost like a Ludwig Vistalite kind yes. of a thing. Yep. Very I, cool. I had a Ludwig Vistalite, not original 1970s blue, um, eight-piece, you cool. know, crazy John Bonham-style drum set. But I had to, unfortunately, sell it, you know, just, just so I can I, – I move in, and I, I was moving, and there's just so much – I had so much stuff. And right. um, and just money-wise and just everything in general, I just kind of felt like I needed to – or I was cleaning, actually, cleaning up the attic. But you <laughs> so, play with that Bonham set up with, like, the big bass drum, one floor tom, one Just four-piece, man. Yeah, that's four killer. Piece, just, and I play thrash metal on it. You that know? is really good. I mean, I, I, I love big kits, but I learned from playing all the time and not having techs or roadies right. that it really sucks to move around. Like like some 20-piece yeah. kit with like yeah, eight and you rack don't need, comps. And honestly, like, yeah, you really you don't, don't need it. You don't need it. You should be able to play all that stuff on a, on on a two piece. drums. Right. And if you can't, don't 
waste my time. You know, right. don't, don't even bother. Right. Like, the more drums aren't going to make, like, a bad drummer better. You I, know? Saw, I have a funny story. I saw when to go see this. I forgot what the name of the band it was. Huh? Even if I knew, I wouldn't say it. But yeah. <laughs> I saw this punk rock band. It was hilarious. He literally had, like, 12 toms, two bass drums, uh, you know, all this stuff, like, a million cymbals. He literally played a punk beat the entire time. I think it was, like, a joke. He would yeah. play the ride cymbal, the snare and the bass drum, not even use his left leg on the, on the hi-hat, and he would just go, never did a roll, never even hit a cymbal. <laughs> and he had no... And he's got, like, some giant, like, Eric Carr kit. Yeah, my friend was doing sound. He's like, you got to be kidding me. He's laughing. Like, I just mic'd all this stuff yeah. or nothing, right? He's laughing his ass off, and there's no holes in the front bass drum, either bass drum heads, either. You got this huge kit. You got no holes for the microphones. Nothing. Oh, that's classic. And it was, it was so funny, and I'm not even exaggerating. It was hilarious. But, yeah, he's a four-piece. Um, I started off on a bigger kit. I'm a fan of, you know, like a lot of that, that stuff with big, you know, big toms and like the Slayer stuff and everything. I love, like, you know, I love that kind of stuff, but I learned how to basically scale it down for what G saw. There's a lot of people on stage, a lot of different instruments, percussion, keyboard, all stuff. And you kind of want to scale it down. And then I just kind of less is more almost like when I started playing that way, I realized that I always made me a better drummer to, to take away all that stuff, strip it down and just have the core of what the drums are and to be able to do all that stuff with it. And now I almost taught myself so much in that style, that vein that I can't, if I go on a big kit, I feel like lost. I'm like, what do I do with this? Ding, like the wings were like, ding, right. you know, like little symbol. But um, yeah, I, lo- I, I also have a pork pie jazz style, small Katina kit, which is like 18 inch bass drum, wow. 10 inch snare, 12, you know, 12 inch Tom, 14 inch floor. I use that for like a lot of the uh, open mics and the Sabbath stuff. And then uh, I don't use the acrylic for recording because I think recording why I think they're better a lot. They're a better live drum set, right. more reverb. Like you could play a club with hardly have any. They have mics. like two heads on it, right? Though top yeah, and bottom heads, top and bottom. But you could play the acrylic stuff with no mics and it cu- cuts through with the band almost. Very cool. Um, but with recording, I like to use wood stuff so i use like high-end tamas for recording because they just really sound great you know that the wood is just on the mic it sounds awesome you know very cool. cool we're down to our final 10 minutes of the show here but there's two things i want to cover opus your story i really do think is is something special and i know you've shot some footage and there could be Potentially, if you got the right people behind you, be a, a story there for maybe television or something. Is this something you're striving for? What what are your what are your thoughts on maybe turning your story into a reality TV show? I mean, I would love to do something like that. I've been dabbling in that type of stuff, you know, since forever. I mean, it started with you know the v, the VH1 original movie that we were in, right? With Gene Simmons, then it was the Farm Club, then it ended up being get kept. You know, getting that shipmates reality dating show thing yeah, happening. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that, you know they wanted to bring me back on the show, but the girl refused because it was such a debacle. It right, was, right, right. It was hilarious. And then I ended up, um, you know, getting minor roles here and there on in stuff like just recently Cash Cab and and the Rachel Ray show. Really? What, yeah, what were you doing? On talking that? about the birds and the bees and who taught me my like, you know, like the how to the whole sex thing and oh, okay. It was you know so I, I always always dabble in that kind of stuff and I never. Never really tried. I just just happened. So if anything ever came around, like any kind of opportunity came around where they want to make a story about you know someone like a musician scratching the surface or like you know someone that was so close to you know whatever mega stardom or whatever you want to call it, I have a hard time talking about this stuff because I, I am you know somewhat of a subdued person when it comes to myself, right. like how I look at myself. Like I, I like I am 
you know, some, you know, in public, like outrageous and like can be crazy and kooky and everything. But reality is, is that like, I don't look at myself as a rock and roll star. I don't look at myself as like someone who could be something like that, but other people tell me, you know, like you, I mean that I was embarrassed earlier when you said that to me, I appreciate it so much, but it's, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable. You right. know what I mean? Right. No, I understand. But, but I mean, I would do it in a heartbeat. Cause I, I love, I would love to have a camera on me all the time. And, and uh, people know who I am and stuff. It's, it's a weird lifestyle because, you know, you walk the streets. And even to this day, like the other day, it was hilarious. I had a guy. I was walking in the supermarket um, and a guy yelled G-Soul at me. Really? Wow. He yelled it at wow. me. Yeah. Yelled, and, I, and I said to him, I said, dude, I'm in a new band. I'm like, Dead by Wednesday. He got pissed. And he goes, no, G-Soul for life, dude. Literally. <laughs> it's like he's so into it. Like Literally, dude. Amazing. And I was just like, what? So it's a different, you know, different, also different generation. We're, yeah. We we play a lot of young, you know, youth right. orientated, no, like young, you know. Cool. But, and one one topic, not necessarily Opus related, but we can get his take oh, on this. That we promised our listeners that we'd talk about yes. is, is it was announced this week that Ozzy Osbourne and his camp, if you will, has decided to sue Tony Iommi over ownership, if you of will, the name of the Black name Sabbath. Black Sabbath. And basically, Ozzy is asking for 50% ownership. I guess it's Which currently because, 100% to yeah. Tony owns it. Right. Um, and Ozzy's camp issued a release saying basically that the name has been... Basic, what did he say? Dragged through the mud. Yeah. And oh, sorry about that. Diminished to in the mid '90s, it was diminished to, to like a, to a laughing club stock status club stuff. And yeah. So, do you believe that that Ozzy Osbourne is entitled to fifty percent of the Black Sabbath name, even though he was in the band for less than fifty percent of, 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 of his existence? That's a hard question, man. Yeah. That's a really hard question because. I, I look at it as honestly 50 50. Not 50 50 that it's his. 50 50 that. 50 50 yes for a lot of reasons and 50 50 no for a lot of reasons. And um, yes, because Ozzy was there from the beginning to kind of like when you go through the trudge, the trudge, you know, the, the, the mud and right. you, you're in the van and you're, you know, he. Pay the dues. Yes, yes. exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and, and without Ozzy, would there be a Sabbath? I mean, right. you know, there would be, but it might not be the same thing as it is now. He paved the way for Dio and Ian Gillen and whatever, the whole. All the sure. other guys, yeah. right. Now, so that's one aspect. And the other aspect is, I mean, legally, if Tony owns the name, he owns the name. Yeah. That's it. There's yeah. no ifs, Tony was the guy that kept Sabbath going when yes. all these other people were not in the band. And so then, and then, that's that argument, right? And then also on the other side of, uh, you know, no comment I know John Fenton, who is like runs pretty much runs the booking for all Ozfest. So for me to say anything positive or negative would be very sure. <laughs> very right, right. Bad. Yeah, you don't want to. Well, do how about a band like Guns N' Roses, where you have really basically one guy who's who's kind of taken over the name? That's a if joke. You will, and to me, yeah, that's a joke. Right. I mean. It's just Axel. If it was Axel and a couple other guys, maybe I, you could get away with it. Yeah. But it's, well, Dizzy Reed is. Oh, Dizzy in it? I don't he, know. He know. is. Yeah. He is. But he, of course, he wasn't part of Appetite for Destruction. Well, what about even yeah, Kiss? So that doesn't make any Same sense. Same thing. I mean, you got two of the four, and then with Kiss, it's even weirder because you got other guys 
portraying the characters yeah, of other guys. I, I, I cannot stand to this day that, that he has, they have, Paul and Gene have Eric and Tommy Thayer. Nothing against them personally, but yeah. they have them in Peter's makeup yeah. and Ace's, Ace's makeup. makeup. Well, right. soon and, there's going to be... Just like me and you in their makeup. Yeah, right? like four you know different I mean? guys doing it. Right? Hey, I'm ready. Robots, kiss bots. Yeah. yeah. And then the kiss members will be in kiss costumes. Well, you know what's funny? They yeah, just came true. out with these costumes that are official kiss costumes that look like real kiss costumes. And you can buy now an Ace Frehley, a live one costume for like 300 bucks. And it's so funny because now... Adults buy these? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yes. So, For swimmers' it's, parties. It's scary adults buy them. <laughs> and um, so, like, now everything, like, there's there's nothing that spectacular anymore when you can just be any dude off the street, you can buy the costume, put on the makeup, and you're close to being in the band almost. I, I mean, I, I, saw, I, I saw a guy walking down the street with a Superman costume earlier today, so, I mean, you know. Right, straight in New York. I mean, he wasn't even wasn't even look like he was doing anything. He was like he was just hanging out with a Superman costume. <laughs> yeah. I, he was on break. My, one yeah. of my favorite New York uh, stories is uh, I, I saw a man in the middle of uh, the winter, very cold <laughs> out, uh, walking down First Avenue back when I lived on uh, Tudor City right. over there, nude. Just no, yeah, completely. I cannot believe completely. it. He was, he was, uh, and not arrested. He was about a six foot six black man. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> obviously, a little confused, and wow. it was like probably twenty degrees out, and, and he was walking naked. down First Avenue. We're streaking. Nude. Yeah, no, it wasn't like that. You know, it, <laughs> it wasn't this, like running for the effect. It was just that's no, just he's no. Dead. In this poor man's defense, uh, it was right in front of the. There's like a mental hospital down there oh on god. First Avenue. Uh, yes, the United. Nations. No. <laughs> south south of that. South of that. Down. That should be a mental health. I thought you were going to say, in this poor man's defense, it was very cold out. No. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, that too. But I, 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 I sense that he had wandered outside the of the facility. mental hospital. Yeah, unbelievable. And, uh, but it caused Where quite an inside, uproar. he's free to roam. He, he was a little Probably. nutty. <laughs> yeah, he was a little nutty. Yeah, it was a that is nutty. out of control. I've never seen anything that wacky. Yeah. I've seen he the was, naked cowboy. He was outside the mental hospital, and you said to him, "I can clearly see your nuts." Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's great. That's a, that's <laughs> the a good east one. side cool. of Manhattan. So, Opus, to yeah. carry us out of the show today, we played the title track off of the Killing Project. What yeah. other track can we feature for the Talking Metal listeners today? Well, there's uh, you want to hear metal, obviously. So, Declaration of Inhumanity's out. That's more of like a police style track. Cool. Um, Stuart Copeland's the man. Right. Just, just to, just no to throw that in there, anyway. Um, but I would say probably the song Pawns, which we just shot a video for with uh, David Brodsky. Oh, right. yeah. From my he just good- shot Warbringer's video, who we had on earlier. Yeah, Warbringer. He did Suffocation. Right. Uh, he won a, Did he do uh, Black Dahlia? Yeah, 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 we, yeah. we, we went year. over this earlier. You yeah. must have been on vacation. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, in 2008, he won a uh, Grammy nomination for <laughs> Everything Went Black from Black Dahlia. Okay, right, right. And right, uh, right. we just shot with him uh, over the weekend, and the video is going to be dope. This was the first song of the album. It's called Pawns. And uh, it's on The Killing Project, which is available out online and in stores, FYE, um, EclipseRecords.com. Our website is just Dead by Wednesday, all one word, DeadbyWednesday.com. Or you can go to our GaySpace.com uh, slash <laughs> Dead by Wednesday. Um, you know, all the above. Just please come and uh, say hello. I answer everyone myself. There's no robot or label guy. It's me, Opus, the dopest, responding to all you guys. So hit me up. And uh, that's good, man. Pawns, thanks for having me, guys. We will have all those Thank you those uh, websites linked through today's show notes in the podcast version of this uh, yes. interview. 
uh, on TalkingMetal.com. We will also have links that will open up your iTunes and bring you directly to Dead by Wednesday on iTunes where you can download the tracks. With a picture of that big black, naked black guy out front of the nuthouse. I, I right. wish I had that. I wish I had that. It was something else. Anyways, this is Pawns by Dead by Wednesday on Talking Metal. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Obus. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.